Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Manchester is Red podcast here by the Manchester Evening News. I am your host today, Ash Barami, and I am pleased to be joined by Dominic Booth. Hello. And Charlotte Dunker. Hi. How are we both doing today? Good, thank very you. Very good. Yeah. Like the sun's shining, things are looking up a bit. I'm, I'm very tired because I keep coming in at 7am, but I'm fine other than that. First world problems there for Dom. Here's a first world problem. Charlotte, how are you? Pretty tired as well, but I was in Lincoln last night watching the... I'm, I'm amazed you're back in here this early. I'd rather have been in Lincoln, to be honest. I didn't. How long did it take you to get back from there? It took what felt like my whole entire life, but I th- it was two and a half hours. I'm guessing you were there, you were driving by yourself then back. Yeah, Oh, that's, that's fun. Got some tunes on, it's fine. Yeah. So James Garner go, what else is there to... Yeah. Uh, What's there to want for Let's life? not ruin the content for later in the podcast. Yeah, that's something we'll, we'll get onto later. Don't worry about that. And there's only really one place to start off with, and that was Monday night against Arsenal. It was a, speaking from opinion, that was it was a pretty dreadful encounter between the two teams. Um, Charlotte, give us your take on, on, on the fixture. I mean, if ever there was a game where the mighty have fallen, I think yeah. that, that was probably it. I think that was it. And I thought just thought it was dull... Uh, all the excitement that you've had but I know it's not been the same for years because you've got to go back to obviously the late 90s the early 2000s to get the best out of that rivalry but that's because the two teams were fighting for the league at that time and you just need to look at them teams and realise that neither of them are going to be fighting for the league anytime soon and I don't know even there wasn't any spice to it there was just it just wasn't exciting and at the end when I feel like when you're at Old Trafford and you've been there for for years and you feel the atmosphere amongst the f- crowd and you feel that they can push for a winner there, was, there wasn't even that I think as four minutes I think was added on at the end and as the board went up there was the come on like, but it just feel like like half-hearted I don't think anyone in the stadium believed that United were going to go and score a last minute winner well I saw fans leaving to- on TV there was 10 minutes to go there was fans that leaving at 1-1 I was like that's something that was seemed a bit I mean, I've never seen that between United and Arsenal. Yeah, and I thing. just feel that that's, there's that feeling amongst the the match going fan that I don't I don't believe that anyone there f- felt like they were going to go and sc- like score a last minute winner. Rashford got his that free kick on target. To be fair, mm. but they're not scoring more than one goal. They weren't create. They're not creating enough. There, there just wasn't enough excitement there for me. But Dharma has a different opinion. I do. I know, yeah. <laughs> Dharma was one of the only people in the country who really enjoyed the game. Well, I enjoyed so. the, optimism. I, I enjoyed the game because I'm not saying it was high quality. It wasn't high quality. There was a heck of a lot of mistakes, misplaced passes all over the all over the show. Um, but first of all, I did think United did enough to win the game. I thought they were quite clearly the better side and they were pushing for the for the goal at the end um there were chances you know Pogba went very close Rashford McTominay really really should have scored and made it 2-1 after he obviously opened the scoring I actually found it interesting and maybe I don't maybe I don't need a game to be quality to to be interested in it because both teams are a, a sort of interesting stage in their development obviously Emery has had a, a, a lot of time now to try and reshape Arsenal and sort of recover from the Wenger years and doesn't seem to be able to to do it with any sort of organisation and then Solskjaer is right at the start of of this United transition which is probably going to take longer than the the, Wenger, the post-Wenger years at Arsenal so I found it an interesting game for that reason I don't think it's about quality because I don't think mm. anyone expected it to be a game of high quality because where the teams are at it just there wasn't 
anything like what was there to get excited well, about well I think there's been some overreaction in terms of the media saying oh they, they're like the 12th and 13th best teams in the country or something I think that's ridiculous it I seemed think- like a game riddled with like anxiety on both on, from both sides I felt like neither of them wanted to make a mistake and it was just one team counter-attacking the other one one had a set piece that's well neither team were particularly good enough to, to have a a coherent pattern of attacking play like City and Liverpool have. So I think that was a big problem. Arsenal just seemed to be one out through Aubameyang and if it's not through him, then they struggle. And United have got a striker in Rashford who I think was half fit, lacking in confidence. Um, And only really when Greenwood came on, added a little bit of extra. And when they played through James, did they look like they had anything in attack? And that comes back down to the issue we keep talking about on this podcast, which is they didn't invest in the right areas in the summer, you know, the the right wing position and back up in the striker position is just terribly lacking. Yeah. Rashford did go onto the right wing at one point when I think when Greenwood came on, do you think, what what do you make with the situation with Rashford? I mean, is he, is, do you think he's more of a right winger? Do you think he's more of a forward because he's, I think he has to play out wide personally. What do you think, Charlotte? I think we've seen, when he's been playing through the middle with Martial out injured, I don't know whether it's just that he's going through a bad spell of form, but he, at the minute, hasn't got what it takes to be United's go-to centre-forward for every single game because he's he's not converting en- enough of his chances. But from what I've seen on him, of him out on the right, I won't put him out there, his best position's got to be on the left. But you can say that about how many of United's attackers. So You can't drop James at the exactly. moment either. Exactly, so that's... The, that's the problem you've got. You've got to start, you've got to use players in positions that aren't their best positions and then expect them to excel. Andreas Pereira was playing on the right wing and Solskjaer was screaming instructions at him. Well, he's not a right winger. So... Mm. It's, Pereira can play a few positions, but that's not one of them, is it? Well, he can play deep in midfield. No, or... no one can play right wing. <laughs> that's the issue. But, well, they can, they get put in there. But I didn't... It's just the same. You just feel like a broken record going back the same, the same, the same. But he can put Marcus Rashford out there and he's going to have to. But it'll be interesting to see when Martial comes back and you've got more of that interchangeable front three rather than it being maybe there is too much pressure on him being the you have to score over 20 goals this season because we've sold Lukaku and we didn't buy anyone else. Now all the pressure's on him. Maybe it is a bit of that. Yeah, as it stands, what would you say? Everyone's fit. What would your ideal United front three look like? I think I would leave Rashford out the side for a period because I think he needs he needs to sort of be shown that he a he's not responsible for United's goals and b he actually doesn't deserve to start at the moment. So when Martial gets back fit, mine would be Martial down the middle, uh, James on the left, and Greenwood cutting in off the right. I think because he's actually shown that he can he can dangerous in that position the goal he scored against Astana cut in from that side onto his left foot and I think that would suit United the best at the moment Charlotte would, would you say the same? I don't know I feel like not to be protective of Mason Greenwood but it's one thing starting him against Astana who they should be beating 5-6-0 but putting him in the game if he'd started him against Arsenal I, I, I don't know is the pressure going to get to him after a while it's, there's a big difference they need to start winning the league they know they should on paper be beat, beating these European sides and in the League Cup. So there's not as much pressure on him if he starts in that game. So I don't know. Rash, it, Rashford it, needs... It's chicken and egg, isn't it? You can pull Rashford out of the team because he's not good enough because he's not scoring, which could affect him even more because he's not going to start scoring if he's not in the team. Yeah. But I understand why 
all United fans want Mason Greenwood in the side, but... You can only go with the form players, really. Uh, That's my view. You can only go with the form players. James and and Greenwood are two of the three form players in United's squad at the moment, along with McTominay. So they have to play. Mm. It's a strange one with Rashford because it doesn't even look like... He doesn't look fit. I mean, with the West Ham game... I don't think he is. He was... He looked up. He looked yeah, out he of did. breath. He, he really was. Did. He yeah. was knackered, and I, I don't know whether he was just carrying an injury or, or what. I mean, there's, there's something I think Solskjaer is reluctant to start Greenwood in the Premier League. We haven't seen him start in the Premier League yet this season. Uh, obviously, the only time he did was against Cardiff in a dead rubber, rubber at the end of last season. I think because Solskjaer is reluctant to start Greenwood, he's he's having to play Rashford because United don't have anybody else at the moment. Um, but what you should be doing, you should almost be reversing the roles and allowing Rashford maybe to play in the Europa League and get a couple of goals under his belt. And Greenwood actually looks like the one who who deserves to play more Premier League minutes. I mean, he came on, I thought, look, looked really sharp. Didn't look like a 17-year-old who'd never played before, to me. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of other player performances and positives, was there any, anyone else that... Oh, Axel was excellent. I know he was at fault for the goal which is a great shame for him because for the majority of the night, I don't think he put a foot wrong and he was playing in a position that's not natural to him. So for all the abuse that he got after that goal, I think that was pretty unfair. And he's he's shown that going out on loan last season made a big difference because I thought he was really physical. I thought he was solid on the ball. I thought he was confident and he pushed forward as well. And if he looked across to the other fullback... Oh. The other aging fullback <laughs> who cannot push forward, bless him for his life. It just shows why why they need young, exciting fullbacks in the team to push them forward, and that's exactly what Two and Zabi did. Yeah, another player, Dom, that did catch eye was Scott McTominay. I mean, it seems like game to game he's growing, and he almost he's even at his young age, he does seem like a leader in the making, doesn't he? Yeah, I was thinking the other day, he seems to be one of the few United players who has that sort of defiance, that siege mentality that they had under uh, Sir Alex Ferguson and who seems to be working really hard on his game. You know, there's a there's a marked improvement in, in McTominay in, in how he actually controls the ball and how he can control games in midfield, which I don't think we had even when um, Jose Mourinho was bringing him in. I was never particularly convinced by McTominay's ability then, but he's improving as a player. His mindset seems to be that of a leader. Um, and I do think there is something there. Him and, I think him and Pogba are a developing partnership. Whether you need to throw in a, a Fred or we'll come on to Fred, I think, yeah, or well. someone else in midfield, I don't know. But McTominay... Yeah, I think he's one of the few positives of the season and you could say he's definitely a, cont- a contender for the captaincy the way he keeps playing. That was a that was a captain's goal. Well, I keep picturing in my head when, which, what goal was it after Chelsea? He was, he was with his teammates. Oh, we go, we again. go again. Scott, we go again with Tomine. That was a bit much for me, to be honest. That it was a bit was, Game of Thrones. I mean, no, it was a bit Steven Gerrard, It was a bit it? early, wasn't and it? And it was the first game of the <laughs> yeah. season. I'm thinking, oh, I, I, it was nice, wasn't it? It was good that he's got that mentality mm. to keep going. But I was thinking, the, sentiment, the TV camera's right there and you're going again when you yeah. walk 2-0 up against Chelsea at home on the opening yeah. day of the season. It might be heresy to say, but McTominay would probably accept a comparison with Gerard at this stage, to be honest. Yeah, he's, he's still There's like, his morning piece written anyway. There we go. Sorted. <laughs> Podcast. My girlfriend watching it on TV one. actually said that goal was like a goal Gerard would score. She's a complete amateur, but maybe she was right. 
Well, just just to clarify, we're not comparing Stephen Gerrard. Uh, Scott McTominay to Stephen Gerrard, anyone who Don is... Gumby's girlfriend is. Yeah. Just, yeah. just to clarify. She's not, nobody on she's not on Twitter, so she's fine. <laughs> you know, people sped things. But, um, <laughs> another midfielder we'll move on to is Fred. I know Gary Neville was asked, Dom, in commentary about Fred and he came. He just replied with, I don't know. I mean, I actually think that's probably a good way to assess Fred. I mean, I'm, he's been here nearly two, year, two seasons now and I, I just don't seem to understand what his role is what he brings to the team and for a 52 million pound player you'd imagine that is something that you would establish pretty soon on in his career what do you think yeah I don't know if Fred knows what his role is to be honest I don't know if he's ever been given a you know a sort of formulaic uh, template to follow in the United midfield he was signed everyone thought he was the missing piece of the puzzle oh he's going to unlock Pogba he's going to do all Pogba's running for him box to box and then he's or no, he's going to play a bit deeper. He's going to be the holding midfielder, but it gives the ball too much away to to be that player. Um, so I think Solskjaer needs to give Fred a sort of designated role in the team. I think his passing is is among the better players in United squad. Um, I did think the Gary Neville punditry was a little bit lazy. I don't think if you paid thousands of pounds by Sky Sports and you're asked about a player and just go, oh, I don't know. I don't think that's particularly good enough. No, but I think the sentiment to that is he's not given a chance. Why is, he's not there. He doesn't know why he's not given a chance and how it's hard to judge him. It's hard to set because he's, tr- he's thrown in. He doesn't have a very good game. He doesn't make much of an impact. He's not in again because presumably he's not been good enough. He's thrown in. He plays all right. Everyone wants him to be back in the team because he's a positive influence going forward in the midfield. He's not back in the team. So unless you're the manager, it is hard to understand, like you say, what his role is, why on earth they bought him if he's not good enough. And if he is good enough, why on earth he's not getting in the team? It's just from an outsider's perspective, it is a confusing situation. So so is the best way to, to get the best out of him is to just give him a run of four or five games in the first team, regardless of how he... Yeah. I don't think, I don't I think, think so. you can judge him on his ability and how he can fit into United's system until he's given a regular run of games. He's clearly not the sort of player who can just come in, play for 20 minutes, make a massive impact and then stake a claim to start the next game. That's not how they see that's not how they see him working so he needs if he's unless he's given a clear run of games and you can see how he can impact performance and how he fits into the system then how is anyone supposed to judge on whether he's good enough to play for United what sort of role in that midfield three would he play would he be higher up a lot further back what I would what would you see it as I would play him uh him, him and Pogba as the shuttlers basically with McTominay a little bit deeper and I think that would work because both Fred and Pogba want to want to be positive want to pass the ball forward want to create things McTominay seems to be excelling with that responsibility which a slightly deeper role gives I think that has to be given a go and like like Charlotte said it's down to Solskjaer to, to put faith in Fred over you know over a, a run of games you look at the way um players like Rodri and Gundogan they went to City and they were phased in steadily but then they were given a nice run of games and they were backed by the manager 
Fred's never really had that with United. I guess he's never had the... Well, no, because his United career started off with an absolute shocker, didn't it? Yeah. Mourinho hooked him out of the team and then that was that. And then he's been on, he's been under too much pressure every time he has come in since then to to be the missing link in midfield because United Some of it didn't is sign a midfielder. That arranging your wedding for when you should oh, be yeah. on pre-season tour is re- absolutely yeah, ridiculous. How was that allowed? <laughs> I think Solskjaer was unhappy with it, wasn't because he? Because he thought he was gonna be away, gonna be away with uh, Brazil, and then he would have oh, had, course, had the yeah. time off. That's why. That's why he did it. Yeah. Obviously, he didn't play for United enough last season. Didn't get in the squad for the national team, and then misses part of preseason training. And after having such a stop-start first season, he needed a really solid preseason tour. He needed to be one of the first names on the pre on the team sheet, and personal reasons he's not and that's filtered into the start of the season there was that Instagram footage of him in the gym lifting weights with his United shorts on which which <laughs> player has not posted Instagram footage of themselves in the gym whilst on holiday sending a message uh, player X goes to the they gym during his time message. well done they love a cryptic and gets message. his girlfriend to film it as well pop this on for me <laughs> but I think um the pre-season point is a good one because all the players who are, are doing well for United at the moment, a lot of them did well in pre-season. Daniel James, McTominay, Greenwood, uh, Twanzebe did well when he was given a chance in pre-season as well. Fred just missed an opportunity there. It's, it, he must be kicking himself because there's a place in that midfield for him. Just waiting for him to put his name onto it. You know, United didn't sign anyone to replace Ander Herrera, which is which criminal in my opinion, but they have a player in Fred who's a £52 million player. You know, go and make that position your own. But it seems to be ever eluding him. So, Charlotte, I mean, regardless of his ability and what his best position is, do you think he has a future long-term at United beyond this end of the season? It's, it's just impossible question. to say because if he's given a run of games, United are definitely lacking a spark in midfield. If he can prove to be that spark that's missing when he's given a chance, then of course he's got a future because they desperately need to improve in the middle. But until he's given that chance, if he's just going to end up sitting on, it's not like he's coming off the bench and making a massive impact either. So based on what's currently happening, no, because they need to be going out and buying midfielders anyway in the next two transfer windows. So depends who they buy and what, if he can make an impact in the next few months. Yeah. Dom, you think you think, I think he probably does. I, I think you know it is difficult to answer because we need to see a lot more of him. Um, and Solskjaer maybe needs to forget his gripes about the the wedding and the summer and preseason and and just give him a run of games because you know that's the that's the necessity for United at the minute. Um, it could be thrown into more doubt if um, James Garner progresses through the academy. We'll talk about him a bit later. He seems to be you know a good prospect and probably Solskjaer will trust Absolutely. him. Um, yeah, it's impossible to. Earn. I'm going to do a Gary Neville and say I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, after he just he slated Gary Neville. <laughs> uh, Gary Neville's paid a lot more than me for his opinions. I mean, he's still Tom Booth is a Gary Neville. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the headline is sorted. Um, Charlotte, you were at Lincoln last night for the, was. the EFL. What, what do we call it? EFL Trophy. It's the EFL Trophy, and it's United Under Twenty Ones, which is just United Under Twenty Threes. Yeah. But there, there was a sponsor to that. Leasing. Leasing.com. Yeah. Yeah. It's no longer the Checker Trade. Well, I knew that, but I feel like it, what, every season it changes. I feel like it wasn't called that last season. The LDV Vans, uh, I think it was, back in the yeah. day. And the Johnson's in the 90s, Payne yeah. trophy. That's the, the, that's the one I remember better, the Johnson's like Johnson Payne, Payne, yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, Charlotte, you you were there. I mean, there were there were a few players that were involved that have been previously involved with the first team. And did anyone catch the eye for you? I thought it was a big night for Chong because if you'd watched him against Astana and against Rochdale, he just wasn't very good. And you could see he seemed frustrated with his performances for the first team. And it's hard, isn't it? Because these young lads, they're given not one shot, but you could almost feel the pressure they feel I have to perform and put on a show and he didn't do that in either of his performances and he was back playing um, for the 21s last night and he was one of the brightest sparks on the pitch for United although saying that United struggled to touch the ball for the first uh, 18 minutes of the game so I think it's the the good thing about that I was speaking to um, the goalkeeper Kovar who was excellent after the game and he said I'm asking him because this is the first time that United have decided to enter into this competition and the benefits that it will have. And they're not really tested enough in the league because it's not reserve football, as we used to call it, isn't what it used to be. So this, as he said, is men's football and the Lincoln were a lot more physical than United. And it wasn't their, fir- it wasn't their first team. So it would be unfair to say it was a full league one team but you could, they're going to get more of a test in these games than they are in the league so it was a good result for them in the end James Garner goal but totally outplayed yeah and also I mean Tahith Chong did play I mean he hasn't really caught the eye in the first team it's no, fair to say yeah. how did how did he get on last night yeah he was uh, he was decent he assisted um, James Garner's goal he could have got another assist when he played in Reese Devine and I always think when you're watching football, if you're getting booed by the opposition fans, that you've definitely done something right because he was just really annoying them because the Lincoln players couldn't get near him. So they started hacking him down and they were getting booked. So um, he only played the first 45 because he's travelled today. So it was pre-planned substitution, came off at half time. Um, But yeah, he's definitely got something about him, but he's another one. We talk about Fred needing a run of games. I think sending Tahith Chong out on loan in January for the second part of the season would really help his development because is he good enough right now to go into United's first team? I think we've seen in the last two games, probably not. Could he be a squad player for those games and sit on the bench? Yeah, but how's that going to help him progress? And playing in Premier League two week in, week out, isn't enough to push them either, but he needs to go up against the likes of Lincoln and be tested and the physical test that that brings. And he can annoy those types of teams like, like we saw last night. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. And Dom, I mean, if you were to send T Chong out on loan, what's, what, what is his level at the moment? Would it be a top level, top tier championship team or would it be maybe a mid to bottom Premier League side? It's difficult <laughs> to know. I think, you, you'd want to send him to the championship if you could because I think like Charlotte said he needs that physical test and I don't think he'd get in a Premier League side no I don't think he would no at all and, I, I th- and the point obviously if he's going to go is that he's got to play he needs to go somewhere where it's a level where he's going to play week in week out and it's going to be tough and he's going to get hacked down and that's why I think the championship would probably be better than sitting on the bench. You know, he could go to, you know, Brighton or something and sit on the bench and that'd be, that'd be no good. You know, he needs to be playing regular football. I wouldn't send him out on loan personally. Cause I think, um, 
United can't afford it a, at the moment in terms of their squad size. Only if they sign probably two forwards could they afford to uh, send Chong out on loan. I think he needs to take advantage of these Europa League games in which he's going to start because he's sort of fluffed his lines against Astana and Rochdale. Uh, if he plays against Altmar, then it'll be another big chance for him. And he's definitely got the talent. He just needs to, to produce, really. He needs to maybe not feel the pressure as much as he has done. Yeah, and we've, we've spoke about, we spoke already about um, Fred and obviously James Garner is another player that is, he seems to be in, in between just being on the bench for the first team and also in the in the reserve side. But do you think he, it's a good, the Europa League could be a good opportunity for him to maybe, if he does get a start or get minutes, to maybe knock on Solskjaer's door and say, I'm, I'm, I am around her. Yeah, definitely. And, depending on the, the opposition in the Europa League. And the problem Solskjaer's got is he wants to bring youth through, but he can't, he's not going to field a team. He's not going to field the 23s, is he? If we're being mm-hmm. honest, he can make big changes, but, and James Garner, to be fair, I think he scored six in seven now for the 23s. Or? What, what more can he do before, until he gets a chance to actually play? That's the, I think he's the... just, you've just got to look at the people that are in front of him and, mm-hmm. City have got the same issue, but on a much grander scale about how Phil Foden can't get into the team because yeah. I'm not saying James Garner isn't good, but Scott McTominay is better, Paul Pogba is better, and Fred should be better. So Nemanja Matic might not be better anymore, though. Well, and that, that's the player he could replace. Very true, but and it depends what sort of what is what Solskjaer wants because if you're going for if you need a game where you've got experience and you need an older head in the team, then Matic is going to get in ahead of Garner. And he's been in around the first team for a while, but he's not been the ones. It's been your forwards that everyone's been talking about this season. He's not, he's not been the one, but if he keeps doing what he's doing for the 23s, then he's always going to put himself in contention. The goal aside last night, did, do you think he seemed like a mature player ready to yeah, be put in the Yeah, he's definitely the leader in that team. Um, but it was a very, very young team they put out last night. I think they they made a load of changes from the team that beat Rotherham and the average age of the back four was 17 and a half years. So mm-hmm. someone who's been in and around the first team, Garner, Chong, they're the ones that were pulling the team through because they've got that experience. And even that sounds ridiculous because they're not experienced, are they? They're still yeah. young themselves, but in comparison... That's a fair effort to keep a clean sheet against. I'd say, Co- was it a league one team? Yeah, Kovar was the hero of the night. To be, the fe- the defence did well, but they were getting definitely down United's right, so down their left, tearing them to pieces. Yeah. Attack after attack after attack. You sound like you love that trip to Lincoln then. Yeah, it really a lo- lovely time. Nice city. The, pe- the people were very nice yeah. at the football club. That's good. Brought me a hot dog. Ooh. Any sauce? I had ketchup, yeah. Small than you get at uh, Lee watching United's under-23s when they're at home. You, well, don't, you don't get food there. W- the women's game, they put a buffet on the other week. No comment about yeah, that. Yeah, words. No I prefer not to speak. I prefer not to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we were there. Um, so, I mean, we're going to move on now to tomorrow night against Alkmaar. Probably be today by the time people are listening to this. Charlotte, uh, Dom, the squad's just been announced. I mean... They were probably the surprises where there's no Paul Pogba. 
on a, on overall. What do you make of that squad? Well, it's it's probably what we expected, isn't it? I mean, there will be changes to to the first team. It'd be interesting. The defensive options aren't plentiful because um, there's no Ashley Young. Uh, Aaron Bissak has been left at home as well because he's still struggling with illness. No Luke Shaw, uh, no Phil Jones. So we may have to see... Um, Marcus Rojo. Well, well, Marcus Rojo, almost definitely. Axel Twanzebe should play at centre-back. Um, and it looks like Brandon Williams might get a go at left-back, uh, which would be really interesting because I thought he did well when he came on against Rochdale. Uh, 45 minute performance, I think he had there. And he's someone, again, like Garner, someone that you know will be knocking down Solskjaer's door for more opportunities and looks like he's you know almost ready for, for the first team. United don't have a huge amount of depth at left back. So I'd like to see him involved. Um, in midfield, again, United's options are pretty limited, but it's going to be all about Fred, I think, as we uh, as we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I'm worried that, that Marcus Rashford is going to start this game and he's going to be put under too much pressure considering his fitness. Solskjaer's got to be really careful. And I think... Rashford needs a rest. I, I can't believe that people like Rashford, De Gea, and Maguire have even travelled. To be honest, I'd be I'd be resting them. Who else would you be taking? Well, that's the point, isn't it? There isn't really anyone to take. I, I don't know. You, I wouldn't take De Gea. I think United have got enough goalkeeping cover. Yeah, De Gea, fair enough. But if you're not taking Rashford, you're really leaving yourself short. But I mean, there's a difference between the players that travel and the players that are going to going to start oh, tomorrow yeah, night. Yeah. So maybe he's decided to take the likes of Rashford just just as a backup, just, just in yeah. case they, they might be needed in the second half. But Charlotte, I mean, do you see the game as a, as a great opportunity for the likes of Gomez and Vanden Williams? You say to maybe use that as a springboard to getting more games. Yeah, in the I, I personally would be surprised if Brandon Williams starts because you could play Lindelof, play Rojo a left back, maybe. Could play Rojo oh, and yeah. Rojo and Two and Zabi as the fullbacks. It's whether he's shown enough in training that he can that Solskjaer's confident to throw him in from the start because ideally you want to get this group wrapped up before the because the, the last away games that hellish nine hour trip to Kazakhstan Kazakhstan isn't it? So ideally they need to have the group wrapped up before they go there and then send all the kids and leave the rest of the f- the first team at home because I think they've got I think they have a longer way trip af- when they get back from that as well so I think the main question is who's got the pleasure of that nine hour trip Samuel. just Samuel on his, on his own. own yeah he's going to have a great time on he's his been own. exiled to Kazakhstan bet you two weren't putting your, putting your hands well, up for that we always put our hands up Ash <laughs> Charlotte's put her hands, hands up for two trips to Norwich this season I believe so if anyone can do the long haul I mean I definitely didn't but I have been gifted two trips to Norwich getting stuck behind one, a tractor somewhere in, in one season East Anglia and the trip to Lincoln as well yeah racking up their miles I felt, felt it was ne- I was nearly in Norwich last night but no not quite I know it's a heck of a long way more than that isn't it very true um <laughs> But the team selection is going to be interesting. He's played a very young team in the first game of the group and just about won. I mean, they clearly outperformed Astana, but you'd have hoped they'd have scored more than one goal. But All the away trips are quite tricky, I think, in this Europa League group, just because of, of the inexperienced side that United are going to, Field. None, hardly any of these players would have played in 
European away games ever before. You know, if it is Williams, Greenwood, Gomez, Chong, they haven't played in these sort of games. So I think United are going to have their backs up against the wall. It's hard to score, you know, for the, in these games. And it's even harder to score for United at the moment. They've got six in the last seven games. So I'm a bit concerned about that where the goals are going to come from if Greenwood doesn't provide them, to be honest. Yeah, and it probably doesn't help as well that there's no way trip to Newcastle on the weekend as well. So yeah, well that more travelling. Yeah, then that's going to be a game that either Greenwood or Rashford are going to have to start most probably with Martial looking doubtful on his comeback from injury. So one of them will have to start against um, Alkmaar, and then one of them have to start against Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, and Charlotte. And finally, do you think this is Europe League going to be a competition that towards the end of the season may become the main focus of attention for Solskjaer? Well, if they want to get back in the Champions League with the way the results have been going in the league, then you'd think that, yeah, they're going to have to go and win it like Mourinho did. Um, that was loud, wasn't it? Hopefully it didn't get picked up on the <laughs> mic, but we'll um, sort that out. But they're going to have to up their game. Their, perform- their performances need to get better, but that's across all competitions. They're just... They're going through a bit of a lull. It's all a bit lethargic. They're not scoring enough goals. They're not creating enough chances. It's just like broken record territory. But if they start doing that, there's no reason why they can't compete in the Europa League as well as... I'm not not suggesting they're going to win the Premier League, by the way. No, I think that's about right. I think it's really strange when (laughs) when pundits say, oh, I think United should target the Europa League as if it's not a really difficult competition to win and they'll just be able to stroll through it. Well, if they're not targeting it, obviously they they want to win it. They want to win it, but it's not a formality that they'll even get as far as, you know, the the point where they all should we play a strong team in the final or the semi-final or something. There's an extra knockout round in the Europa League. There's a lot of good teams who will be in those knockout stages of the competition, a lot more experienced than United. So United just have to manage as cliche, take it one game as it comes, try to win every game they can. I'm sure they'll... not interviewing you in a mix now. I know, yeah. I'm sure they'll get through to the the knockout stages, United. But I just... I think even looking as far as far as, as that is ridiculous. And, you know, United need to build up a whole wealth of confidence before they can they can get to that we'll take a one game at a time as most footballers tend to yeah. say <laughs> yeah at the end of the day yeah anyway thank you Charlotte thank, thank you. you Dom thanks, thanks for joining us um, if you haven't already be sure to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes Spotify or whichever platform you do listen to us on leave a comment leave a like and we shall see you next time thank you for joining us